Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Score More Fantasy Podcast. We're on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash scoremorefantasy, and you should be able to find the pod on iTunes Podcasts and other players over the next week or so. Let me know if there are any specific platforms you listen to podcasts on, and I'll do what I can to make it happen. Uh, This podcast is about opening communication and making sure you can get your questions answered. So feel free to shoot any questions to scoremorefantasy at gmail.com or message me on any of the social media channels we've got set up. For now, that's at scoremorefantasy on Reddit, Instagram, and Twitter. It's Wednesday, which means waivers have gone through for most people's leagues, and you probably now are either really excited with the players you added or a bit disappointed at the players you didn't get. Like I said yesterday, even if you had the most abysmal week one imaginable and miss out on all your top waiver targets, just don't panic yet. Uh, there's a ton of football left to be played. A, a lot of what's happened so far is going to seem fluky anyway once we're deeper into the year. So I want to start today's episode by responding directly to a question I got about roster building strategy, uh, basically asking how I compose my bench in order to maximize my team's performance. Do I try to have equal amount of bench running backs and wide receivers? Am I more focused on running backs? Do I carry a second QB or tight end? Now, I actually do about all of those things exactly like you said. I prefer to try to do this in the draft. So I'll focus on getting my favorite running backs first, favorite wide receivers second. Within the draft, I'll usually try to have four or five running backs and wide receivers each depending on on the depth of the roster and and how many people you can hold. Um, I do like to have my quarterback and my tight end backup drafted, and sometimes I drop them immediately. (laughs) Sometimes I pick up whoever had a great week. Sometimes those people I drop end up coming back. But ultimately, I think your best strategy is more based on who's on your team than about how you put things on your bench. Um, If you've got three running backs, you know will definitely start for you and your two running back slots and and a flex every week. I would definitely say to just lean towards having them and maybe one more running back, and you can try to have, you know, more wide receiver depth to make up for the fact that you don't have as much talent at the top end, maybe. Again, I, I prefer running backs for their floor, So I think it's reasonable to put a focus on them in any ways that you can imagine. And then to go from there, you just kind of have to keep on assessing what you've got. If you have a great quarterback that has never been injured in his career, you probably don't need to have, you know, a second quarterback on your roster. Tight ends, I think it's pretty normal to have a second one, especially once you get to buys. But you don't have to carry them all year. As long as you think the guy that you're going to want to play in your starting tight ends by week is going to be there on waivers, then just let him go. Hold on to someone else that you think you need more. Other than that, I, I don't have a whole lot of roster building strategy that's specific to anything except how my draft went, who's on my team. I try to make sure that I have as good of a floor for my team as possible. I like to make sure that I don't have a whole lot of questionable guys starting for me. Uh, You can accomplish that through waivers. You can accomplish that through trades. If your draft was stacked and you never need to worry about who's on your team from then until you win a championship, just don't question it. 
Okay, uh, now that we've got that out of the way, I want to get straight into things today. Spend a lot more time answering questions. So I'm going to go down the line, answer three to five of my favorites from my opinions on trades, my opinions on who do I start at running back, quarterback, uh, maybe even some ad drop questions. Who do you want to keep on your team? So without making you wait anymore, let's just dive in. These are trade questions. Easily distracted says 10 team, 1 PPR. I've been offered AJ Green, Demarius Thomas, and Evan Ingram for Travis Kelsey and Deshaun Jackson. His wide receivers are Odell Beckham Jr., Fitzgerald, Pierre Garcon, Alan Hearns. Does not have a backup tight end. Um, my opinion on this deal, I would lean towards you're the end that you're getting in a vacuum but I think there's some variables to consider uh, I had Evan Ingram on a lot of teams last year and he was a top five tight end for me but now that Odell Beckham's back and with Saquon Barkley I don't think you can maybe trust him to be quite that he could still turn in top 10 value but you know you're you're gonna give up a lot of for sure production without gaining a whole whole lot in my opinion, I do think I'd start A.J. Green over Fitzgerald most weeks. But then I might still start Fitzgerald over Demarius Thomas, depending on how things play out. So I don't know. The depth adds a lot, but I think that you might lose points overall going from Kelsey to Evan Ingram. But again, I, I prefer the get end of the deal in the vacuum. I think I'd recommend pulling the trigger, but maybe check the tight ends on waivers and grab one to stash on your bench just in case. So you have a path to adding points at the tight end position if Ingram isn't the fantasy producer he was last year. Uh, Nosemaker says 12-team standard scoring. Have a few trade offers I'm considering. Adrian Peterson for Cooks. Alex Collins for Allen Robinson. And Kenyon Drake for Robert Woods. He has an abundance of running backs thanks to getting AP and Connor off free agency. Also has... Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and Lamar Miller just lost Baldwin to the knee injury. I don't know if that knee injury is going to be an all-year thing, so I don't think I'd overreact too much to that. Um, Adrian Peterson for Cooks seems like a decent trade to me. You've got three guys at your running back position that I'd definitely start over AP between Kamara, McCaffrey, and Connor. And I probably would lean Lamar Miller over AP at times, too, situationally. So bolstering a, a weak wide receiver core is probably smart. I consider uh, wide receiver ones as top 10 and wide receiver twos as top 20. Same with running backs. I don't think Cooks is a sure bet for wide receiver two production, but he's also not a bad bet. Uh, he's got the speed. He's going to have some some long touchdowns, so... Maybe lean towards chopping AP for someone you like a little more at wide receiver than Cooks. Running back is a strength, and wide receiver is a weakness. So you kind of want to deal with the thing that you need the most, depending on how your weeks go. You don't have to pull the trigger on that yet. If you think that it'll help to hold out, then I probably would. I do think it's a solid trade, though. Alex Collins for Allen Robinson. Um, I think I may try to do that before I lean towards the Adrian Peterson for Cooks. Running back being a strength, same reason as the last trade. I think you've got some room to work in trades for a wide receiver. 
if I were in your shoes, I think I might try to fix your wide receiver problem with waivers or maybe by trading a higher-end running back for a top-tier wide receiver. James Conner probably would be my preferred trade target, but it just depends. It's hard to go wrong. I think I'd just lean with what you've got for now, see if things play out differently over the next week or so. You may not want Cooks or Allen Robinson if they continue to kind of struggle. Kenyon Drake for Robert Woods. If Cooks isn't a sure bet at wide receiver two, Woods is much less so. I think in general I'd be aiming for Woods as a flex filler, and seeing as you've got plenty of running backs to do that, I like to lean towards running backs in my flex regardless for the typically higher floor. I think I'd hold on to Drake for that one. And this one, Rink says 12-team, .5 PPR. Give Kareem Hunt and Hyde, get Zeke. His running back core is very thin. He'd be starting Eckler if he does this. I think it's an easy do it from me. I would pull the trigger. I love Zeke's upside. So long as the Cowboys offense can go from complete dumpster fire to somewhat competent. I think that even though you're probably giving up more value than you're getting back, you can easily make up for it with free agent or waiver wire pickups between now and the bye weeks when depth will be more important. I've always liked Hunt, though, but I expected him to regress this year to more of a running back two caliber guy. So unless you're absolutely confident Kareem Hunt is destined for the same type of numbers he put up last year, I think you can make up for the depth that you lose elsewhere, and I would lean towards trying to do so and picking up Zeke in the transaction. All right, we're going to move on to some who-do-I-start questions. We'll be starting with running back. Again, like I said, I think if you've got guys you drafted high, you just stick with them for now, at least through week two. Um, And then you can kind of gauge the merits of the decision-making based on what they're continuing to do, but there's too much noise in the statistics for one week to kind of trust any of that. All right, I enjoy eating beans, says 10-team standard, pick two, Devontae Freeman versus Carolina, Tevin Coleman versus Carolina, Deion Lewis versus Houston, Alfred Morris versus Detroit, Burkhead versus Jacksonville, and Philip Lindsay versus Oakland. Uh, I think you've got to lean Freeman if he's healthy. Like I said, you drafted him high. Can't give up on him now. If he doesn't go, obviously slide in Coleman. Um, maybe even flex Coleman if Freeman is questionable. That way you can kind of get the benefits of both of them performing. If Freeman is not himself, Coleman should still be good. Past him, I'd say Deion Lewis second and Philip Lindsay third. I like Lindsay a lot considering he was kind of a surprise to be producing at all and actually outproduced Royce Freeman as the backup. He was the only one that had any pass catches last week, so I think that makes a big difference. I don't think the Oakland matchup has enough you know, extra oomph to consider Lindsay over Lewis unless Lindsay is going to get an even bigger role, but I don't think there's anything to establish that definitively yet. Uh, if Lewis's role were to diminish for some reason, you could get burned by that, but I think it's safe. I think it's safe to go with him. Um, anything else comes up in the middle of the week, Lindsay is a good bet. I think he might be flexible regardless, so you've got a lot of options there. JDD18 says 10-team full PPR pick two. Deion Lewis versus Houston, Carlos Hyde versus New Orleans. Chris Thompson versus Indianapolis, and James Conner versus Kansas City. 
Connor's got to be an easy number one. Past him, I think I'd lean towards Chris Thompson. He had more catches and more production through the air. Uh, he's going up against the Colts D that gave up 5.17 yards per carry versus the Houston D for Lewis that gave up 3.96 to the Patriots. Chris Thompson has a lot less questions about his role than I have about Lewis going forward. So I think that's a good bet. Okay, let's do some who do I start at QB questions. Uncle Meg says Kirk Cousins versus Green Bay or Cam Newton versus Atlanta, one point per 10 yards. If I'm reading that right, the kicker is definitely you get one point per 10 passing yards. Normally it's per 25. That changes a lot. Um, Kirk has got to be the guy. You know, last week, Foles has pretty decent wheels. He didn't get a whole lot going against Atlanta. Cam Newton is definitely going to do more with his legs, but he's never been a guy you rely on heavily for passing, so if the passing yards are worth the same as rushing, I think that's an easy, you just roll with the guy that's going to do a lot of passing, especially against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't go, I think Kirk Cousins is still a safe bet, but especially if he is healthy, Kirk Cousins is probably going to have to air it out a lot. I'm not positive. I think the Carolina offense is going to put up big numbers against Atlanta. I need to see more from that Falcons D, but they looked pretty decent against Philly, and Dallas's D did pretty well slowing down the Panthers' offense, so Kirk Cousins is my guy there. JM331107 says Tyrod or Stafford. Um, there's basically no context here. I'm going to assume 10-team standard QB scoring, and that'll make me pick Tyrod. Stafford is typically a better passer, but Tyrod has been pretty reliable for fantasy points for years, thanks to his legs. And Stafford struggled quite a bit on Monday night. I think there's some noise there, plus I heard that the Jets had all the Lions signals. So probably Stafford's not going to do that again, but you got to know that... You know, the guy that has been a little more reliable has the higher floor. He's probably going to do you just fine. The Browns offense was not bad last week. Tyrod Taylor put up quite a few points, something like 23.6. And they're going to go up against New Orleans, who just let Fitzmagic crush them for 48 points. So I think Tyrod is a good bet. I think he is. Okay, let's do some ad drop questions. We've got Matt Cudd asks, should I drop Kelvin Benjamin for Geronimo Allison or Austin Eckler? His RBs are Zeke, Connor, Drake, Royce Freeman, and Chris Carson. Wide receivers are T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and Keelan Cole. I think it's a, a pretty reasonable thing to drop Benjamin for Geronimo Allison. I don't think I would drop him for Austin Eckler. Your running backs are pretty solid. I don't think Eckler's really going to slot in unless Melvin Gordon gets hurt. Allison's floor is a tiny bit safer than Benjamin's, but I feel like their ceiling is about the same. If Benjamin is doing the absolute most he possibly can, I don't think Allison is going to take all the targets from Devontae Adams or Randall Cobb, so he's kind of a third-best guy at his peak for me, and... I think you can definitely get the production out of him over Benjamin. So it's probably smart to have him. 
Geronimo's a solid name, too, so. <laughs> KF7 Special says, Standard, his RBs are Cook, Connor, Barber, Morris, Michelle, and Lindsay. Should I drop any of the above for on Johnson? No. No, I don't think so. Johnson has a lot of competition, and he wasn't really doing anything spectacular with his touches that he did get. I like his upside, but I don't think you need him. Gabe Hirsch says, 10-team, 1-PPR, drop Alshon, add Anunwa, or Lockett. He did spell Lockett with an extra E, and I know that the Seahawks did have another receiver. I think Ricardo Lockett. I'm assuming he's talking about Tyler Lockett. I've been a fan of his since he played at K-State. I still like his upside, especially if he's drawn wide receiver one types of targets while Baldwin is out, but that's not really a guarantee. I do think it's fair to drop Alshon for either, and I'd probably call it a wash which one you pick. Uh, Anunwa probably has a little more longevity in his role, unless Baldwin is somehow out all year, so I might lean towards him. But I do think Lockett has a really high ceiling, especially with his with his return responsibilities. Uh, if you have any wide receivers that are worse than Alshon, Alshon is going to play eventually. I think I'd probably drop someone that's worse than his peak before I'd drop him. But, you know, it's going to be reasonable either way. All right, that's going to do it for me. Next time, I want to have a quick conversation about the merits of streaming defenses and how to do it well. Then we'll get to more of your questions. Again, feel free to shoot your questions over to scoremorefantasy at gmail.com or reach out to me at any of the social media channels available. See you next time, guys.